When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James, and today we're going to talk to our very good friend, Brandon of B-Square24YT. YT. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week, we took a chance to spotlight some of our favorite new content creators, and there are a lot of you, and we love you all. And today we are chatting with one of my very favorite people in the Lorcana community, Brandon, aka B Square Twenty Four YT. I got it right this time. How's it going, Brandon? It's going awesome, guys. I have to say, this is one of my favorite. This is probably my favorite podcast to listen to. Honestly, it was one of the first ones that I came across when I found out about Lorcana, and I've been like, I listen to every episode. It's I try to listen to most of the content and stuff that gets posted for Lorcana, but this is this is the one that I like look forward to every week. Like I wait I wait every Friday for it. So I'm very excited to be here. Oh shucks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and you're like, why didn't you have me on sooner? I know. And that's the thing. Like we talked about this a lot. I was like, I need to get you on our show. And Brandon's like, well, I don't know what to talk about. I don't I'm not an expert in anything. It's like it doesn't matter. We just need it. We just need to talk. So yes. today we're taking that opportunity. Okay, so let's see. This is going to be uh, hopefully a wide-ranging chat, and we delve into the life of Brandon, or we just ask him a few random questions, one of the two. Uh, first up, so where did your username came from? I mean, I know where part of it came from, but why don't you explain the whole thing? Yeah, so I actually love telling people about this. The root of it stems from um, my aunt, uh, it was my mom's sister. She was a huge influence on my life. Uh, she was basically like a second mother to me. And uh, she's no longer here. She had lots of kidney problems, had to go on dialysis for a really long time. But she was around until I was probably 13 years old and was like, I don't know. She spent a lot of time with us. She was always a super safe space for me. And uh, one of the things she would do on Christmases is... Me, my sister, and my dad all shared the same first initial, 
my mom and her share the same first initial. So when we would go do Christmas with my grandfather, uh, instead of writing everybody's names out on the Christmas cards, she would just write B cubed and then M squared just to like throw everybody's name on there. And then I've always excelled at math in school. And um, it was actually her idea to push me to seek out becoming an engineer, which is what I ended up doing. Um, and so there's kind of the math aspect of it too. My first and last initials start with a B. So I like with all of that mixed together, you just kind of get B squared. It like fits the engineering thing stems from her, which is like super special to me. Um, I don't love giving out birthday information, so I'll just give you the date. My birth date is on the 24th. So that's what the end of that okay. is. But then it's also kind of like two squared is four. So, you know, that just kind of worked out as well. So it's a lot of things shoveled together, but I really love it because it's really special to me. It's very symbolic. Yeah, I remember when we first started talking, uh, you were putting up videos and you're like, man, I don't know why my videos just aren't getting that much traction, which has changed now. You were like killing it <laughs> on the content creation. But one of the things I said was, well, your username doesn't really scream Lorcana. Maybe if you rebranded. But uh, after hearing your, like, I've never heard your explanation for your username before. So after hearing that, I can see why you were attached to it. Oh, that's uh, lots of symbolism in there. Yeah. And something else that, like, when I started out making content, I've I've done a couple different things. Um, just like failed YouTube video stuff. And I always thought it was important to have a username that was flexible and it was like it was more focused on my personality than it was whatever game I was playing because I hope this doesn't happen, but on the off chance that Lorcana fails one day, you know, I don't want to have a whole username that's geared towards Lorcana and I can't transition to anything else or or, or the, that sort of thing. So that was kind of important too. And so I just kind of put of Lorcana on the back of my username for Discord and Twitter. But it's worked out James so and I, James and I are all in on the Lorcana train. So, <laughs> I mean, with citizens of Lorcana, it kind of has to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no no going to anything else. So, you kind of mentioned that you did some other content. So, why Lorcana? Like, what caught your eye? When did you first notice it? And when did you decide to, uh, well, we'll talk about that later, but why Lorcana? Um, I first saw Lorcana in an IGN article that, I think it was posted in January. Um, from what I understand, it was like just after the dark times is what you guys <laughs> like to reference it as where you guys didn't have anything for months. So I came in at like a perfect time. Um, but I saw it. I had recently just started playing Pokemon um, because I had mainly been playing digital card games before that. And then I thought it would be fun to start playing physical card games again. So I've been playing Pokemon for probably two, probably three months at that time. Um, and then I saw that article, it was shared in my LGS discord. And like, as soon as I saw that Mickey BLT art, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And so I started reading all of it and realized it was a Disney card game. I was like, this is Disney. It's a trading card game. At the very least, I knew collectability was going to be huge on this thing. I have more, I connect more with the Disney IP than I do the Pokemon IP. So that was another thing. I was like, I'll, I would probably enjoy this a little bit more. And then also, like, I wanted to do the content creator thing. And I was very surprised when I 
looked on YouTube and uh, searched for discords and things like that. I like I was expecting there to be large channels covering this, and there weren't. There wasn't a channel that had over. I mean, there might have like John T might have had five hundred subscribers or something. So I was like, wow, this is I'm like here at the beginning. Um, so there was that too. Yeah, it's not as it's not as daunting uh, entering the space if there's not a few like massive people dominating it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, you mentioned that you had done some things before. So you were you like a regular content creator before Lorcana? Um, and you know, if so, I'm guessing that the whole Disney thing was what made you pivot. If so, but if not, what you know, what was the the drive to actually create content? It's sort of interesting. I like growing up, probably when I was in junior high and high school. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Casey Neistat, but he did. He like revolutionized vlogging on YouTube, um, and I've always had a desire to create content. And like, I can't even remember when I was small, I used to do, my parents probably hated this. I used to make these like toy guns out of paper, like realistic guns with just a bunch of tape and copy paper. And I, I wasted so much tape and copy paper. And even back then I was probably like eight years old. I was asking my parents if I could make a YouTube channel so that I could like show people how to make these things that I was watching other YouTubers do. And I even remember uh, in high school when I would take trips, I would try and record videos on the trips and do some sort of like video edit vlog thing. And so regarding to the content creation that I did, it was honestly just a bunch of random stuff. Like um, when I was in college, I had a group of friends that we all played a, a Riot Games game called Valorant together. And I recorded some of those games and uh, posted a couple videos at another friend that I played some Call of Duty with and just recorded those type of things. Um, there wasn't anything that was super consistent, but the whole time I was doing it, I was learning how to video edit. I was learning a lot how to like uh, adjust audio. Um, I've always loved studying YouTube in general and like content creation and what makes for good content and like why stuff blows up and how important thumbnails are and that sort of thing. So it really just ended up being one of these sort of things where I don't know if you've heard the saying of, I think it's like luck is when preparation meets, um, I forget the other word. Perseverance? No. Um, I've, I've heard the saying. Opportunity. Yeah, it's opportunity. Like, yeah, opportunity. Yeah. It's, um, and so it was like, I'd just been practicing all these skills this whole time. And then that's why I was so surprised when I searched on YouTube for Arcana stuff. And I found out, I was like, oh, there's this whole space here that like needs content creators because there aren't that very many people. And I didn't consider myself a TCG veteran, right? Like I haven't been playing Magic for 20 years or something like that. Um, but I've been playing card games as for as long as I can remember. And I really like Disney. And so I was like, if, if anything, I can provide information and I can do it in a real quality way because... Um, there was a lot of really good stuff out there, but there wasn't anything that um, I saw. I took a lot of inspiration from the Wasi. If you guys know him, he does a lot of Pokemon stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and I didn't see anything of that style, just like animated stuff. So I wanted to kind of replicate that in a really quality way. And so that's what I shot for. And so far, it's doing okay. <laughs> it's interesting to hear you say that because I have three kids and all three of them want to become like a YouTuber. So 
like there's something inherent in the younger generations that grew up with YouTube where they just like want to create and want to connect with the world. Um, but it's really cool that, like you say, you took your shot and uh, I mean, your videos are killing it. So I, I think you're, you're making it and, and to hear your, like to hear you put it all together like that, we're like, all these things came together. Like I'd done all this practicing, all this video editing, and then it came together at this moment for this time. And like you seized it. I think that's incredible. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. I consider myself super lucky because I came in at a time where Lorcana was starting to pick up again because I didn't know anything about it, like back at D23 or anything like that. And so um, finding out when that IGN article was posted and then sort of when we started getting reveals semi-regularly, it was like right before Lorcana really started picking up. So I could make like one or two or three videos that really weren't the greatest. Like I look back on them now and I'm a little bit embarrassed of them um, compared to what I put out now, but uh, it was enough to like catch people's attention and get me going before uh, think even things like the discord needed a lot more structure. Like, um, you know, I, I'll never forget this. When I posted my very first video, I spent probably like a week on this video and I, it was like every evening I was spending hours on it. I wanted it to be so good. And then I posted it. And before I hit like post or schedule or whichever one it was, I remember telling myself, if I get like 40 views on this video, I will be ecstatic. Like I will be so happy. That's all I want. Cause I wasn't expecting anybody to watch this video or find this video. And within like 24 hours that it hit a hundred views or something like that. Cause I posted it in the discord and then everybody watched it. And then I like one of the things that um, really pushed me and helped me were people like Jared just like DM'd me and they were like, dude, your video was awesome. Like if you keep going on, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, I can really see you going places. And at the time, it was really difficult for me to believe because like I was just one other fish in the sea of content creators, you know, trying to trying to do something with this. And I didn't think that there was anything particularly special with what I was doing other than um, trying to make the content as quality as possible, you know, rather than just me sitting in front of a camera telling everybody that, oh, we got these new cards. You know, I wanted to provide some sort of information and something that was entertaining. So that segues perfectly into the next question. So one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I got from our last episode where we uh, spotlighted new content creators was uh, people praised us for our discussion about tips for people getting into content creation. So Brandon, what is your biggest piece of advice for someone looking to get into content creation? I think my like the most important thing is to just start. Because, like, that's what I had to do with all the other stuff that failed, right? Like, I, I posted Minecraft videos. I posted um, Call of Duty videos. I, I posted, like, three or four different games. And, like, none of it took off. None of it did anything like I wanted it to. But I learned a bunch of skills along the way. And even, like I said just a second ago, I don't share the videos that I like the first three videos that I put out because I go back and I watch them and I'm like, I wouldn't watch these videos now. Like if, if I was just a random person scrolling through YouTube, looking on the video, there's things about those videos that I would change. But what was important is that I put them out and I was learning along the way. And it's like, I think a great example is that first video of mine. I spent like a week on that video 
and I put it out and I thought it was great. And then immediately after putting it out and watching it, my next thought was, how can I improve this video? And one of the things that I noticed is like, it was way too slow. Like I was being way too slow talking. I did the whole like, welcome everybody, like and take up 30 seconds of the first video. Not I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for you, it's different. I'll say this. The only things I know about is like the video content world. The podcasting world is totally different to me. I have, I know nothing okay. about that. Okay. That's I'll let it slide. But um, like, I guess the biggest tip is just start. Like, even if you don't know how to do everything, find like figure out a video you want to make, spend as much time as you feel comfortable on that video and learning the skills. Cause there's a huge, like if you're starting from scratch, there's a huge learning curve that you're going to have to get over. And the only way to do that is to like put the time in. Um, but you're never going to get a video 100% com completely perfect. So like do as much as you can and then post the video and then watch the video from a point of view, like you weren't the one who made the video. Like you just clicked on the video. And like if you're watching your own video and you're getting bored, like pay attention to that. Because that like I do that. I like I go back and watch those videos and I'm like, yeah, this is way too slow. I should have cut this out. Um, and even now, the videos that I put out, I try and put myself on some sort of deadline. Like, I don't give myself more than a couple of days to get the whole video out because you have to be able to turn things over quickly. And that's specifically for my content. Some other content is okay for you to take as long as you need and it's evergreen and that's cool. But I guess my biggest advice is like, just start. Start and then when you post your stuff with every new video or every new podcast or every new whatever you're trying to do, ask yourself what's one thing that you can improve on and then focus on that for the next thing that you're doing and start doing that. So somebody might be listening to what you're saying and you're like, I took a week to post my first video, spent hours on it every night. Like that might sound daunting to some people. Would you recommend people spend that much time on their first video or is that a Brandon thing? Oh man, that's a tough, that's a really tough question because I am somebody who really values quality over like quantity. And so it was really like one of the things you have to understand about the content creation space is people, there's a lot of things that go into people actually viewing your stuff and it catching on. Um, one of those things are like thumbnails and titles. That's one thing that, you know, I work on individually. One of those things that I look at. But another is just the quality of your video. Like if people click on your video and it's not very well made, they're probably not going to keep watching it. Um, and to be honest with you, I think it's more important to just get something out starting out. So maybe like you don't have to spend an entire week on it like I was talking about, unless you're sort of a perfectionist like I am. And I had the luxury of knowing a little bit of what I was doing and I had an idea in my head of what I wanted that video to look like and how I wanted it to be animated and a lot of those hours were me looking on YouTube and finding tutorials on exactly how to do what it was I wanted to do so especially somebody's starting from scratch like you're gonna have to put hours into just learning how to do whatever it is you want to do um but I think it's more important to just start creating because 
as you put things out, you'll notice things that need to be improved on your own. And then like while you're putting stuff out, your content's going to continually get better and better. And then hopefully if it keeps getting better and better, you know, your audience grows and more people find your content and are entertained by it and that sort of thing. So I guess to answer your question, like, no, you don't have to do like I did and, and spend a whole week on your first video. Just one more quick little comment and then we'll move on. But hearing you talk about finishing your content, looking back at it, seeing how you can improve, that sounds very similar to people when they talk about improving your game as a TCG player. At the end of every game, take a look at what you did well, what you did wrong, and that'll help you improve. I mean, you played Hearthstone. I used to play it so easy to, so easy to just jam games and then move on to the next one. Anyway, just an interesting parallel. We're going to move on and kind of switch gears a little bit because we're going to talk about Gen Con. Now, Gen Con is, when we're recording this, uh, roughly five weeks away. So besides being there to be on the floor and meeting all of the people that you've been talking to in the community for months now, what, what is like the ideal Lorcana experience at Gen Con going to look like for you? I would say the ideal Lorcana experience is going to be hanging out with everybody from the Discord, um, getting product, opening all the product and jamming Lorcana as much as possible with all of my friends. And like, ideally, I'd love to make top eight in that starter deck tournament on Friday. That would be awesome just to be able to say that I did it and be able to experience that finale and record some of it and you know make videos and that sort of thing but um ultimately i decided to go because like all of my friends that i now consider super close friends that i've been talking to for months are going and it's going to be an opportunity to meet them so um i guess my biggest hope is like that there's a decent amount of product there you know more than just starter decks or something enough for us to really have fun and jam games and hang out for a couple days one of the things um that you are doing is that you design these really cool looking jerseys for Gen Con. And I remember when you first tossed this idea around in the Discord, I said something like, if you want it to happen, make it happen. And uh like to your credit, you did. You took that idea and you ran with it. Um, because so many times people will throw an idea out there hoping that somebody else will latch on to it. So I'm just like super proud that you did that. But what was that process like? And what kind of response have you received? So I have to give a shout out to Sneaky Buffalo from the Glimmer Gang group because initially the idea was thrown out um, mainly because in the Discord we all were getting so close and like we were all talking about how excited we were about Gen Con when the game releases and everybody wanted to be competitive and all this other kind of stuff. I was like, man, there's absolutely going to be competitive teams that come from this discord from people that have met and they're like we all want to be competitive let's help each other out and i've always loved the idea of having a jersey and like being a team that kind of thing and um i guess it was just thrown around how fun it would be to like have matching things at gen con so that we all could find each other and i thought a jersey would be cool because we all were going to be playing in the starter deck tournament um and so it basically started with me asking everybody like who would actually buy one because I didn't want to go through the process of figuring all of that out if three people were going to order a jersey or nobody was interested. 
um, and a lot of people were interested. And then I wanted to make sure that it was affordable for people. So I asked people like, well, how much did they want to spend? Because jerseys aren't usually that cheap. Um, and you know, if a jersey was going to cost a hundred dollars, like a lot of people aren't going to buy that probably. So maybe I needed to make a shirt instead. Um, and people landed around like the $60 mark, I think 60 to $50, if I remember. Um, so I started doing a lot of research on where I could get jerseys mass produced and have a design that was going to be that cheap. And I really had a difficult time finding anything. Like I couldn't, I was doing the content creation thing on the side as well, trying to keep up with that. And then all the other just like normal life things. So for a hot second, I didn't think it was going to happen because like I didn't, I couldn't find jerseys that were going to be that cheap. Um, and then Sneaky Buffalo gave me the link to the website and the company that I'm using now, um, which I don't remember. And um, if it wasn't for him, like it probably wouldn't have happened because I looked at the website. They had dozens and dozens of designs. They happened to have one or two designs that represented what I thought would be like ink, you know, that were kind of Lorcana themed. And so I started looking at prices on, you know, how much would it be at the end once we added all the stuff we wanted. And it ended up landing pretty much right at that like $50 mark that people said they'd be happy with paying. So um, I did that. And then from the beginning, I thought it would be really cool to have six jersey options where uh, you could get a jersey color for whichever ink color you wanted. Um, I thought it was cool because people would pick their favorite ink, but I've come to learn that people just seem to be picking their favorite color and it's not tied into the ink at all, but the options are there. Uh, so that was fun. And it was basically just running a lot of Google forms and then like letting those run. And then, uh, the logistics side of it is literally me just emailing everybody individually and saying, Hey, is this what you want on your order? Yes, it is. This is how much you owe that kind of thing. So I'm really happy that it's happening. I didn't tweet a lot about it because I didn't want it to be something that like I got thousands of orders for or anything. Um, but I did tweet when we were finalizing the, which design we wanted and Gen Con actually responded to me on Twitter and they were really excited to see us ha all having matching jerseys like that. And they're requesting a giant group photo from everybody wearing the jerseys. So at some point we're all going to have to get together and make a giant group photo for them. That is so cool. That is, that is really like, cool. <clears throat> that's like goosebumps there. So um, question is order, is the ordering period over? Yeah, the order, the ordering period is over. We're kind of going through, I'm like making mock-ups for everybody, making sure that everybody's mock-ups looks the way that they want it to before um, I actually order everything and getting payment. So sadly, you can't get one right now. People have asked if I'm ever going to open it up again because like um, I know Miami TCG Con is coming up soon after Gen Con. And I've already had people ask me like, are we going to have anything for Miami TCG? And I'm like, no, we're going to wear the jerseys we made for Gen Con because um, I'm not doing that all over again. So if there's enough demand for it, I mean, it's easy for me to like open that back up and order a bunch more. But, you know. I, I don't know if there's demand, I'll open it back up, but for now it's closed until Gen Con probably. That, that's a, that's a big project actually. I know. I mean, we deal with some t-shirts on, on the, the Comic-Con blog for inside the team and that's like, you know, 15 shirts and they're all the same and we don't have to worry about anything except for sizes. And that's still, uh, 
a bit of a process. So all the work you did, even finding it and all that, that's, that's a lot of work. So for everyone who got one, thanks, Brandon, for doing all that work. Thank you. Shout everybody. out to Sneaky. Yeah, like thanks everybody that's getting one because I think that there's over 40 jerseys that have been ordered or something. So there's a good deal of people that are getting it. And um, like, I don't say this to be any type of way, but like I'm not making any money off of it because I wanted to make sure that it was as cheap as possible for everybody. I also didn't want to get into the legal things of profiting off of anything like that. So um, it, it would be a different story if I could open up a, a uh, like Shopify store and make it all easy for me. But, you know, doing it by hand definitely is a lot of work. But like yeah. it's going to bring me so much joy to see everybody wearing these jerseys that I was able to create and put together. And I'm sure everybody's going to remember the experience of we all showing up you know, Thursday night at Gen Con and wearing matching jerseys. It's going to be awesome. You think some kind of gang invading the, the convention or something. They're here, uh, yeah. to, rumble. They're here to rumble. <laughs> That's something we've thought about and joked about. Like, I wonder if word's going to spread at Gen Con to look out for the people in the jerseys playing Lorcana, you know, at the starter deck tournaments, because we're all trying to get to that. Uh, everyone everyone should sync up their phones and start playing some, some music from uh, West Side Story or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Is this the Sharks versus the Jets? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, what is, this, this is going to be kind of like this, a bunch of questions all wrapped up into one like conversation. So what is your ultimate goal with Lorcana and the content creation? Do you see yourself doing it indefinitely? Uh, are you going to branch out to other types of content? And... Uh, we'll talk about competitive play and stuff after that, but kind of those few questions, like where, like, where's your path that you think, what, what's your path that you plan and what are the kind of the things that you may veer off to if the opportunity arises? Um, I'm definitely keeping my options open right now. One of the things that I'm definitely doing is like content is definitely going to keep coming. Um, I'm, really enjoying the news content actually it's not something i thought i was gonna do in the beginning but it's received very well and a lot of people enjoy how i do it so i'm hoping to be able to keep that up i also am just really excited i want to transition a little bit to uh sort of product review stuff like i want to open booster boxes uh in videos i want to review all the play mats and deck boxes and things like that so i'm going to try and do that that as well I've thought about doing gameplay videos, but to be honest with you, even before the game's out with proxy cards, there's like a ton of people doing gameplay videos and they're doing it really well. And I don't have people with me locally right now that um, I know well enough or trust to like do something in person. So it would have to be a webcam thing. And like people are just doing better quality videos in person for that already. And so I'm probably not going to do that. Um, as soon as competitive stuff, starts happening i'm absolutely going to be doing uh overviews on like the meta what was doing well at what tournament i might i'm i mean i'm going to try and make as many of those tournaments as i can but definitely i'm going to be covering stuff on the competitive aspect as well um so i'm really excited about that um something else one of the other roads that i'm leaving open is I would absolutely love to work with Robinsberger one day. Robinsberger, if you're listening. <laughs> Shout out. I've, yeah, I've always wanted to do the commentator casting thing. I absolutely love it. Um, I won't get into the whole story, but basically I've like practiced it since I was since I've been playing video games with my friends. And so 
uh, it would be super awesome to have that opportunity. And like, who knows if that's ever going to come up or not. That's just going to be one of those things where if the opportunity arises, I'll take it um, and probably still do the content stuff if I can. But that would be awesome. Um, and I'll definitely be competing like as a competitive player. Um, I am being honest enough with myself to know that I probably don't have the time or dedication to be world champion. Um, but I definitely want to put enough effort to be good at the game. I have goals to like top eight large tournaments. You know, if we ever see regionals or nationals, um, I would love to, if I'm not commentating those, I would love to absolutely, uh, push for the top, you know, and work with a bunch of other people in the community to play test. And, um, I'm not like a part of a team or anything, but definitely have competitive aspirations to sort of like prove my worth to myself as well. So, so you basically do see yourself transitioning that if the opportunity arises to, and it looks like that's a path, you're going to be a more of a competitive player while keeping the content creation as on the side or in addition to. Yeah, to be honest with you, it's probably, that's probably a little bit backwards. I'm probably going to be more content creator than competitive player just because I enjoy the content more. I enjoy the community, but I think I can do both and like as much as I can compete, I'm going to compete, you know, and like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dedicate every evening and every day to practicing Lorcana so that I can be the best that there ever was. But, um, you know, I definitely am going to try hard enough to perform well and be somebody worth talking about, you know? And I, and I think, uh, you know, being, being amongst everybody in the competitive scene and kind of in the weeds of it will help with the content creation side, because it'll give you, uh, a lot of experience and a point of view from within that 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 realm that you wouldn't get if you were just like you said just being on there in the content creation and seeing it from the outside and and watching stuff so trying to do all of that i think is probably a good thing for someone who wants to continue being a content creator plus if you're going to be able to cast games being on the inside of it and seeing how the flow is and kind of seeing all that kind of stuff is should be really helpful for all of that Exactly. I followed a lot, like I've mentioned before, I've followed a lot of Pokemon before I was uh, transitioned to Lorcana, and like I love how they set up their competitive stuff. And there's a couple casters over there that I follow and competitive players. And yeah, like the casters that I love, they know the ins and the outs of the game. They know what which decks are good and which deck counters the other deck, and you know all of the matchups and that kind of thing. So even if I take one of those other paths, even if it's just content creation, it's going to be nice to be on the inside and it's going to be important to have that information and know what I'm talking about. So you are a mod in the Lurkana HQ discord and you and Lee Barbs. Okay. I shouldn't say this. You guys are all amazing, but if I'm being biased here, you guys are the best. Uh, I love the way you interact with the community. And honestly, I think that that's one of the reasons why your content has taken off the way that it has. Like you can be in the HQ discord and not know who B squared is. So, um, being a mod also comes with its own challenges. What is something you wish members of the Lorcana HQ Discord knew about the modding experience? Oh man. Um, <laughs> um probably that the mods don't have as much power as you think we do. Like, um I'll say this. We we can't usually make changes immediately because that's what happens a lot of times. People notice an issue or something that might need to be changed in the Discord or 
maybe something isn't working correctly and people bring it to our attention and I try to listen to them and maybe explain to them why things are the way they are right now. And then sometimes people can get a little upset or a little heated because they don't think it should be that way and it should just be changed another way. And like, sometimes I might even agree with them, but at the end of the day, like it's not, I'm not, there's a lot of us that are running the discord. And so I can't just go in and make a change on my own. Um, but probably actually probably more importantly of what I would want to say is like all of the things that are being said in the discord in regards to opinions on how it's run, what needs to be changed, what needs to be added, et cetera, they are heard and they are absolutely shared with the mod team. I can promise you that everything that's already been um, talked about or complained about or suggested has already been brought up with the mod team and like we are working on a lot of stuff. I was actually talking to Medina, Lee Barbs, and Ixia last night um, in the voice chat because we all just happened to be there at one time um, about a couple different things that had come up and things we're trying to sort out and prepare for as Gen Con is coming, knowing that the Discord's probably going to explode. Um, you know, like, I don't think people realize, one, that they are being heard. I understand that that, that is an issue that uh, sometimes it feels like people complain about things and it's just kind of lost to the void, but... I promise you it's not, but then also I don't think people understand like just how many problems we're trying to solve in the background because there's like a bajillion things that people want and we try to consider all of it. And I told, I've told Medina this, as much as I consider myself a mod and how, and it's important for me to make sure that the community is welcoming and inclusive and not toxic and those sorts of things. Uh, then right after that, I feel a responsibility to be a representative for the community and so rather than being somebody that like, you know, is on a power trip and like thinks that I can do whatever I want as much as I might to act like that sometimes in the discord, like realistically, I'm going to Medina and I'm presenting your arguments to him. And like Medina will admit, like he and I don't always get along. Like I'll present something and be like, hey, I think we should do it this way. And then he says, no, we should do it this way. And like we argue about it, not in a bad way, but like we just discuss it. And I try really hard to represent. Um, the community and especially the content creators because I myself am a content creator and so like your stuff is being heard um, and we're going through it and like I guess just ask for patience essentially. I will say because I'm like a pseudo mod I'm a mod but I mean you guys do the heavy stuff so I can testify though that what you're saying is is true. You do bring a lot of the complaints to the mod chat and I just wonder if maybe when you bring something to the mod chat, like something that somebody brings up, maybe if that was communicated, like, hey, like to the person, hey, we heard you and we're discussing it. Maybe that would alleviate a lot of people's concerns. Anyway, we're not here to solve problems. That was just a thought <laughs> that came to my mind. So, yeah. so that was an incredibly thoughtful answer with a lot of information. And you probably could have just said, Jared's a horrible mod. <laughs> and moved on it's, it's true <laughs> like uh i i stir up trouble more than i than i uh shut it down so no it's not true it's not like true but up, it's it's funny i feel like i cause as much chaos as i prevent most of the time <laughs> so next up i've been asked to to ask you this because apparently it's a glaring issue in the community what is your problem with Magic Mirror? Oh, geez. 
Okay. How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a horrible card. It's a bad card. It's the worst card in the game. I'll say it right now. Uh, But seriously, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it all kind of started because I um, had the opinion that it was a really bad card when we were all talking about the different cards in Lorcana chat. And I um, have a history of, I guess, having takes that cause division uh because the same thing happened with lord madness between stitch and hades and scar and all of that so um i, I just know. saw you piling on ross and i was like i'm gonna take ross's side on this one okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean contrary to popular belief i don't just absolutely hate magic mirror And I've said from day one, the moment that card becomes good, I'll eat my words and I'll take everything back that I said. But until then, I am going to chuckle a little bit every time that I see Magic Mirror played against me because I just think there's better cards you could put in your deck other than that. It's so simple, and yet it has blown up into something so big. I mean, I can get into the analytics of it and tell you exactly why I think the card's bad. But thanks. No, that's, that's another podcast. It's my favorite card to look at. Just look into its eyes. I'm convinced that if I, if Lorcana or if Robinsberger were to ever dedicate cards to content creators, I'd probably be shoved Magic Mirror just for the trolls. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling. And uh, that's why I have not uh, voiced my hate and or uh, significant <laughs> love for any specific card. Because then they can't pin something on me and make me do something I don't want to do. All right. So let's move on to the Lorcana lexicon. And this week, what is the word or phrase we want to investigate? So I'm actually stealing this from another podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure this was Ready, Set, Draw. I listened to so many, but they were talking about cards. Yeah, I was ready, set, draw. And they were talking about power creep, which is something that, you know, a lot of us are familiar with that. It's this idea that as sets continue on, um, the power level of cards continue to increase so that basically the cards from like the first set are not playable. But another term that I never heard before was text box creep. And what this means is uh, apparently Yu-Gi-Oh! is the banner child for this. Um, It's where there's so much text in the text box, they have to like get out a magnifying glass. And I will tell you, I looked up examples of Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. And then when I posted about this on Twitter, people shared some of the most egregious ones with me. And it is true. Like, I would need my glasses. I always heard those jokes about people are like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! players don't read the cards. Now I believe them because, man, (laughs) if you were there, it would take the full hour just to play one game because you had to read every card. Yeah, no, it it they look horrible. I I, and I and the thing is, yeah, as it's it's a it's a part of power creep. It's like a subset of power creep where they have to. There are so many cards out that they have to, you know, codify where things work and why and what things don't work uh, with them to make sure that they don't get busted in their power and get, you know, way too overpowered. So it's just, you know, you got to throw everything in there to, to have all these limitations to make sure it works exactly the way you want after you have those thousands of cards in existence. So 
yeah, we're going to have barely any text in most of the Lorcana cards for the first few chapters. The Lorcana cards are so clean and so smooth, and I hope that it stays that way. I do too. Not to mention with, I'm glad that there's standard size cards as well for that reason. Cause Yu-Gi-Oh is like, I don't know if it's Japanese size or Japanese style, but they're like even smaller than your standard cards with that small text. So yeah, the Lorcana cards look so clean and I'm so happy about that. They do. It's very nice. Yep. Yep. So we had, well, uh, as we mentioned, I think before we started recording where today was a good day because we found out, well, three new cards today. Technically two new cards and one apparently had been sitting online for four days without almost anyone noticing. Uh, let's talk about that one first. Uh, and that was from the 22nd. Uh, Todd Martins, who is uh, who works for the LA Times, tweeted out a picture of Ryan Miller holding... An uh, unrevealed card, Zven, from Frozen. Hey, wait. Did you say Zven? Zven. Oh, boy. What? Zven. Uh, <laughs> Zven. I was being, I was enunciating clearly, and it, it just came out wrong. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and he tweeted out uh, a picture of Zven and, from Frozen, and... Uh, he said, enjoyed playing Disney Lorcana today, which is full steam ahead, said Ravensburger's Ryan Miller, who stopped by the LA Times offices today to demo the game. So that's pretty cool that we got a card and it was revealed last week. And uh, why don't you tell us about the card, Jared? Okay, well, Sven, now I'm self-conscious about this. Uh, so six cost inkable. He is amethyst. Uh, official ice deliverer. He has a five strength, seven willpower body with one lore. And Brandon thinks that this is the most handsome card we have had revealed. Yes, Sven is the handsomest boy we have so far. He he's very regal, and he's he's got a very very like uh I am posing for a picture kind of pose going on there. I mean, it's, a, it's just a big card. It's the Jumba Jukuba of Amethyst. It's going to take a lot to take uh, this card down. And uh, he's going to be able to take a lot of challenges down in return. I mean, his only limitation is the fact that he's a vanilla card. Yeah, we haven't seen... <clears throat> I don't think we've seen an Amethyst card that costs this much yet no. either. No, Amethyst has had a lot of uh, lower lower to the ground stuff and uh it's all a lot of powerful stuff because of all the draw and all of that but uh you know we don't have like i don't think we have uh any of the uh legendaries for amethyst yet oh that's or, a good point or maybe not even super rares i know we're, we're really missing those high-end rarities uh and we're not necessarily going to get like you know the really high cost cards as the legendaries or super rares but so far, we have been uh, with Gontu and Mickey and Maleficent. Those are all high cost and they're legendaries. So uh, it's looking like maybe that's where they'll kind of land. And we don't have any of those in Amethyst yet. So that's pretty interesting. So the second reveal happened uh, in the morning this morning. And it was from our friend Eric Switzer at The Gamer, who revealed 
the Rapunzel card. Yeah, shout out to Uncle Jasper. Uncle Jasper. And uh, so he got to reveal Rapunzel, and it was a nice, uh, a fun little video of him sitting at a table with uh, Ryan Miller, and they revealed uh, Rapunzel. And uh, hold on, that's an understatement. It was a hilarious video. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't if you haven't seen the video, you need to go find it and watch it. I I hope they release a behind the scenes of making this because I don't know, like Ryan is just a naturally funny guy. And Eric played it perfectly too. It was it was a great video. Yes, it was. I agree. So what's uh, what's Rapunzel's uh, deal? Who wants you to? You got it pulled it? up, Brandon. You want to go over? Yeah, it? yeah, I can run through it. So Rapunzel uh, letting down her hair is a ruby uninkable six cost card with five strength and four willpower. She has two lore, and she has the ability called Tangle which says when you play this character, each opponent loses one lore. She's also a dreamborn hero princess. So, so um, off, the art is amazing on this. Yes. I, I was about to say, I say this, I feel like with every single card that gets released, like with every new card that we see, I'm like, oh, that's my new favorite card. That's my new favorite card art. And it changes every single time we get a new card, which is awesome to be honest. But yeah. But this one is easily like top five art for me. Yeah, I'm totally getting uh, 80s like hair metal uh, band member vibes with the hair, <laughs> with the feathered hair there. So her, her eyes kind of look like Megara's from Hercules. Oh, yes. you're right. So this is a pretty cool card. And uh, what a lot of people were discussing was that it may not be the best card in one versus one, but it's one another card like the uh, Ruby Aladdin card. It's a very good card in multiplayer where you can affect more than one of your opponents at a time with this uh, with this ability. Yeah, I'm really excited. So Ruby's been my favorite ink since the beginning, and a lot of people slept on it because we just saw Evasive for the longest time, and people are like, "Yeah, that's boring." But I'm really excited to see more of this like manipulating lore stuff coming out of Ruby. I think Rapunzel's definitely a multiplayer card. Like, she might have a spot in 1v1 stuff. I certainly don't think she's, like, the worst card revealed so far. Um, but she definitely has a place in multiplayer games. And uh, I don't know. It's just another one of those really fun cards where you get to mess with your opponent's lore. I would dare say she's not even one of the five worst cards revealed. Yeah, I would agree with you. I uh, I'd like she's not... She's not the best card, certainly, but she's definitely not one of the worst cards either, in my opinion. I agree, but I don't know what I'm talking about, so take that worth, you know, whatever it's worth. <laughs> All right, so we had one more reveal that was uh, kind of teased by Team Lorcana on the Discord, and then we got an official tweet from Disney Lorcana that says, Surf's up! Happy 626 day to our favorite experiment. And of course, we get Stitch, Carefree Surfer, who Woo! is an amber, seven cost inkable with four strength and eight willpower, two lore, and the ability Ohana. When you play this character, if you have two or more other characters in play, you may draw two cards. And uh, he is a Dreamborn Hero Alien. This is also one of the legendary cards. 
Uh, I think it might be the first one in amber. So this is an awesome card, and it features the art that is on the Stitch uh, lore book or card album, whatever you want to call it, uh, that they revealed as one of the products. This is just an awesome card. And I know that, uh, Brandon, you are Stitch's number one fan, so why don't you tell us how cool this card is? Yeah, I'm ecstatic for this card. The um, I one of my favorite things about this card. So like, this is definitely my favorite art so far, and like, I don't think that's gonna change with the next couple cards. The reason for that, one of my favorite scenes that makes me laugh every time I watch Lilo and Stitch, is when Lilo tries to explain why she was late for class, and it's because she had to feed the little fish Pudge a peanut butter and or a peanut butter sandwich, uh, because Pudge controls the weather. And in this art for Carefree Surfer Stitch, Stitch is holding a peanut butter sandwich, and you can see Pudge swimming around in the water beneath him while he's surfing. So it's just so uh, so fun and full of flavor in that sense. In general, I like also he's a legendary, which is also just cool because, I mean, Stitch deserves to be a legendary card, let's be honest. And... Uh, like he just seems like a pretty good card. Like it's it's really it's expensive. It's seven ink, um, but mixed with a little bit of ramp, I think like it's gonna be great. And even without ramp, I mean, S Stitch Rockstar already has a lot of draw power and abilities. And so to also have this Stitch in amber with Stitch Rockstar that also provides you more draw and is catered around having multiple units on board because you have to have two or more characters in order to draw two cards with Carefree Surfer Stitch. Like, it's just awesome. I'm definitely including this Stitch if I'm also playing Rockstar Stitch. And, like, I really can't wait to see what kind of crazy decks come out of this. Um, especially because so far with the Rockstar Stitch, we've seen a really aggressive uh, lore questing deck come out of it where they run, like, a bunch of really cheap units. And so for this to be a little bit more expensive, I'm really interested to see how that fits into some of these decks if it transitions to a more mid-range deck or if it stays pretty aggressive and just keeps this as a top end so yeah when i think the thing that makes it legendary is that ability i mean when you're getting to the point where you can play a seven cost card you're pretty much at a point where you're top decking so if you're able to play stitch carefree surfer and then draw two more cards that is a very strong ability and it's interesting that this is the third Stitch in Amber. And so far, when we've had other characters, most of the other characters that have more than one are in different inks. So it's it's interesting that they put them all in the same ink color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is, if there's any legendary card that I'm going to make absolutely sure that I collect and foil and might even try to slab, it's going to be this one. Shall we move on to Disney Jeopardy? Yeah, except for I spent so much time talking and not looking for questions. <laughs> oh, I I got some questions here. How many you got? I got a list of 70, so... Oh, okay. Well, you can just pick random ones and we'll stump Brandon with just like the three easiest ones or something. Yeah, I my Disney trivia is almost none. So with... I mean, for those of you who are not on Twitter... There was this thing going around where people were showing the Disney movies, like they're ranking them as a tier list. And Brandon shared his, and he had a list at the bottom that was 
never heard of and then there's a, one that was never seen and i think about 60 percent of all the movies fell into <laughs> one of those two categories so yeah an embarrassing amount of movies were no there were okay so there were three it was ones i didn't remember but i knew that i've seen ones that i haven't seen and ones that i hadn't even heard of and that it was probably definitely at least half of the tier list in one of those three categories so <laughs> are you ready I guess <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. These are the names of the two for 100. These are the names for the two sisters in the Disney movie Frozen. Who is who are Elsa and Anna? Ding 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 ding. This is the name of the Disney princess's prince in the movie Tangled. Oh, I should definitely know this one. Hold on. Are you looking for one name or the other? Yeah, I know he has two names. I'll accept either. Oh, man. I don't remember either of them is the problem. If we had revealed a card already, he would have remembered probably. Probably. Yeah, probably. See, I don't have an excuse for this one either because I love Tangled. It's one of my favorite uh, Disney movies. The The name Zachary Levi does not count. One of them starts with an F, right? Yes. Oh, I cannot come up with it. Starts with an F, ends with a Lynn. Oh, yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> is Flynn? Flynn Rider, right? Wow. Good job. Uh, I'll give you half credit for that. What was the I'll other give, one? What's his I'll give you it's not Eugene, credit. is it? It is Eugene. Eugene Fitzhopper. It is Eugene. Okay, there we go. We'll count it because I knew that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, for 300, the toys in the movie Toy Story belong to this boy. Who is Andy? Oh, nice. Andy. Yeah. That was a Toy Story baby. Okay. The ice cream shop in Zootopia is owned by this type of animal. What is a sloth? No. No. What is an elephant? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and that's one of the movies I know that I've seen, and I don't remember it for some reason. I remember liking it. I just don't remember anything about it. This is one you should get. But it's the 500. This, this is 400, right? Or is this 500? This is the 500. You just asked me at 400. Oh, okay. Well, gotta make it, gotta make it somewhat hard. If you want a 500 question, here we go. This is the name of Maleficent's pet raven. This is hard. I can't remember mm -hmm. it right now. I feel like I've heard this in the past couple months. I just I just probably just guessed something like, hey, it's uh, Frank. Because <laughs> I know I'd be wrong no matter what I guessed. I don't know, man. I feel he's trying, to, he's trying to pull it out of his brain. He's, trying, he's looking around in that brain. He's sifting through the drawers. I am. So, it's like, it's one of those questions I feel like is in there. Like I heard in the past couple months and I just can't remember the answer. There's a video game that came out recently that's on its fourth iteration with the same name. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. A game on the fourth iteration? Diablo? Oh, Diablo. that's what it was. Yeah. Ding, ding, Dang ding, it. Ding. I knew as soon as it was said, I would remember. 
<laughs> I don't remember when I last heard that. I don't remember that being the name. All right, hold on. Hold on. So the source of his name is not clear as he is never named in the film. That's what it says. What the heck? Diablo is renamed Diaval in the 2014 live action Maleficent as portrayed. Anyway, yeah, Diablo. Diablo is fitting. Okay, let's wrap this thing up. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe to us on whichever podcast you're listening to. You can follow me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. Brandon, where can they find you? On YouTube, it's just B squared 24, capital B, capital S. On YouTube, it's B squared 24, YT, capital B, capital S, capital Y, capital T. And then if you jump in the Discord, you'll probably see me without having to look for me. Yeah, you can't go more than about one minute without seeing you in there. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for coming on, by the way. It was uh, it was great to have finally have you on. Yeah, thank you guys. This is yeah. a blast. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on, Brandon. Uh, all right, so you can find me in all the usual places everywhere at Dan Regal. Uh, check out the Comic-Con stuff. We got a month until Comic-Con. Uh, you can check out SDConcast. And thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.